What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Friday. That means it's Picks Day, Week 16, the final week of the season. And for once, we don't have friggin' Thursday Night Football screwing up everything. We don't have to act like Pete missed his pick by putting it in early. I'm Will Brinson. Of course, I'm talking about Pete Briscoe. He's joining me. R.J. White's joining me. And he's making his triumphant return to the podcast. The one, the only, Nick Costas! What's going on, brother man? How we doing? Doing well. Pete, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. It's Christmas week. RJ? I'm happy to have Nick here. That's the best present you could have given me. It really is. It's like a, uh, it's like a Festivus miracle to have Nick. Nick's giant head staring at me from off, the my, biggest, my, my, the my, biggest my, Grinch in history is gracing us this week, right, Nick? It's a, it's a Festivus miracle. <laughs> the, um, my favorite part about this season is that Pete gives me endless crap about spending time with my family. Like Pete was irate that I went to a children's museum with my mom and son on, um, on Wednesday when like nothing I was doing had anything to do with his life whatsoever, but he was go bothered June, by June, would you? You don't go during football season to a museum. What's yeah, wrong I, with I, you? I would say that, that, that Pete takes umbrage with the fact that you do these things in lieu of working. And during football season, which, <laughs> I would say that's where the frustration comes from. I mean, it's Wednesday. There's no, it's Wednesday. There's nothing going on. Oh yeah, nothing, nothing happens on Wednesdays during NFL season. I mean, of course, just take your kid to the museum, Will, when you're hosting the podcast and you're a senior NFL writer. Just go to the museum, buddy. It's okay. Hey, hey Will, I wouldn't have complained if you put him in full pads and took him to the to the field and have him hitting somebody. Hey, he signed up for basketball. He signed hey, up for so baseball. Here's, so here's my question: Who's working with me on Christmas Eve night after Raiders Broncos? Will, uh, is that going to be you? No, that's not me. I'll be drunk on eggnog. Okay. He'll be drunk. Pete, what are you and I going to be doing? Uh, we'll be talking about the bad Raiders Broncos game. <laughs> That's right. RJ will be there. Don't worry about it. RJ's, RJ's locking in a pick. Speaking of that Raiders Broncos game, let's get to, let's just get, let's dive right in. Unless you, unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about with Christmas. Um, anything, Pete? You got, what are you, what are you getting? What are you, uh, what are you, what are you getting your wife for Christmas, Pete? I told you last oh, week. Oh, you did tell us. Gaga. That's right. A Vegas trip. That's awesome. You get getting uh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. That, yeah, but that's for him. Like, that's for him also. I know. That's I know. not that's for me. She's been You love going to Vegas with your wife. It's a gift for both of you. She's going to see Lady Gaga. You think I want to go see Lady Gaga? Yes. I, I bought, you know how much those tickets, those tickets are outrageous. You think people complain about going to a football game. How much was Gaga? Uh, too much. Just give us a ballpark. Come on. Over yeah. under 300 per ticket. <laughs> and I'm up high, and I'm laughing at that. Over three hundred a yes. ticket? What? You spent more than three hundred dollars a ticket for Lady it's Gaga? Just for my wife, I make her happy. What do you want from me, Brinson? You take your kid to the museum. I take my wife to Vegas. Yeah, museums, <laughs> museums free, pal. I, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on Team Pete. If this is, if that's where we're going with here, I'm on Team Pete too. Vegas and Lady Gaga sounds great, but. Five hundred dollars a ticket is not. Uh, I mean, she's doing a she's doing a freaking you know residency the there. Show, you know what? The floor tickets going for like two grand. I guess you're. Maybe they need to give you a raise for all the hard work you're doing at CBS. All right, they, don't, they need to. You don't need to give you a raise because you're in the museum every Wednesday looking at statue. What do you look at? Like a, a painting somebody painted? It's not an art museum, Pete. It's a kid museum. It's Did like you museum. look at the painting somebody painted? There's, that is generally what happens with paintings. They are painted by someone. Oh, like you're Mr. Museum guy. You lived in New York City for 20 years. You probably never went to one. Let me tell you, I've got, I've got more culture on my left pinky nail than you do in your entire Jacksonville body. What is, okay? culture? What is culture? What do you have? What's your culture, Nick? It ain't Dunn's Avenue, I'll tell you that. <laughs> what is your culture? I, I don't know. How many places you podcast? go to New York City when you live there? Ten. You, you're lying. You have no way of knowing. 
<laughs> it's like a before and after picture arguing with each other. It's crazy. <laughs> I know it really is. It's like it's Christmas time. The ghost of future past. The ghost of future future is showing up. The uh, father I never wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and the son. Could be. And the son Pete. And the son Pete is aggressively avoided having. <laughs> uh, all right, let's dive into. He's soft to be my kid. Jeez. Uh, let's dive into. You guys want to do some picks? Let's do them. Let's do some picks. Please. All right. Recapping last week. Oh, just in time. Nick, I've got good news for you. You showed up just in time to find out that Pete went one and four in the super contest and is yes. in dead last place in all four Merry of us. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Uh, you know what? What's up? You three got lucky as hell with Carolina, so I'm not going to say anything. The Saints, they won 12-9. I mean, not like, the, the Panthers threw had two turnovers in the, in the Saints. It was a lucky cover. Please. It was a lucky cover. Just say it. Admit it. And me and Nick should have had the Packers. Packers is a poor choice. What are you going to do? Yeah. They should have covered. Uh, unfortunately, Nick, I have some bad news. There's some coal in your stocking here. I have also passed you. You are now in third place after your scorching white hot start. We don't have to worry about the tax ramifications of that million dollars coming to you anymore. RJ still has a Outside shot at the money. He's at 42 points. I'm at 39 and a half after four and one. Uh, Nick at 39 after three and two. Two weeks left. The mini contest. I mean, I guess I could still pull off no. something, but probably at four and one. I can find poo pooed that yesterday when I asked him. I know. You gotta go. Yeah, you, you, you probably you, need like 14 0 and one at worst. Yeah. You think a so? Years ago, a couple years ago, I went five and oh, week 15, five and oh, week 16. Three and two, week seventeen, and lost. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I mean I'm saying like I have to go five and zero, five and zero to have a shot. And anyway, yeah. uh, everybody went. I just want to have go five and zero, five and zero to have a chance to pass one of you knuckleheads. That's right. You just don't want to be last place in this in this pick'em league. That's the that's the when all. She, come, she, she comes in every year. That's right. Exactly. No, but you know what? You know, was, you know what's funny about that, RJ? We didn't ever talk about the super contest picks in the first like last. Seven, eight months. We never harped on him. But now Brinson had two good weeks, and he's sitting there bragging on himself. I've recapped the Super Contest every single week. Nah, not really. You were hiding. <laughs> okay. It's just hiding, hiding. You know what? I just put the whammy on. You got 0-5 staring you in the face this okay. week. It's 5 and <laughs> To be fair, the, the first time I met I met Pete at CBS, like after I worked at CBS, he put the whammy on me. And I said, what does that mean? Like I'm going to get hit by a car when I walk outside? And I'm still here, so I wouldn't worry, Will. Uh, Man, that, that wasn't the whammy you got. It was that the, that, that face that you're stuck with. <laughs> Jesus. It's good to have you guys back on the same podcast. I mean, yeah. well, this is, we might see an iTunes spike for this one. All right, anyway, the Pick 6 Pod picks. RJ went plus one after an eight and seven week. Uh, I went minus three points, six and nine. Nice. And Pete went minus seven points, also six and nine. RJ at plus 55 for the year. Pete at plus three for the year. I'm at negative 31 for the year, which is just hilarious. And that brings us to our segment. This is your best bets. You can only play one of them. Our number one picks, for those who don't know, we take all the games, we assign a four to one game, and then threes and twos and ones as, as you want. But you got to have one game. That's a four. I will start it off. My four was an easy pick. It's Sunday night football, the penultimate game of week 16. That means next to last, Pete, if you're wondering. Seattle at home plus two and a half as a home underdog against the Kansas City Chiefs. Seattle as an underdog at home in primetime. This is a laughable joke. 
the, the Seattle Seahawks are a really good football team. They're playing great defense. They're running the ball effectively. Russell Wilson is locked in. He's not putting up huge numbers, but he's playing efficient brand of quarterbacking. And they have a Chiefs team that is sort of beat up, hasn't really been covering at a great, you know, great rate lately. They got their hearts ripped out by the Chargers. They are desperate. I get that. But Seattle, after losing to San Francisco, needs to win this game. They should be a pretty reasonable full health. That Doug Baldwin missed practice on Wednesday. I expect him to play and to, to probably play well because I dropped him and he's up against me in a fantasy finals league. Uh, I think Chris Carson is coming on strong. And I just think they're going to run the ball, control tempo, and pull off an upset win on Sunday night. I am stunned, Nick, that anybody would take KC and like the Chiefs in this spot. Yeah, I mean, why, 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 why would you like the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, all the Seahawks did was just play an overtime game and lost to San Francisco, and the Chiefs have had 10 days of rest. I mean, why would you want to take the Chiefs in that spot? Also, the Chiefs are the better team. Now, um, I was emailing with RJ a little earlier. Now, I wanted to assign the Chiefs four points for my, for my confidence in this game for Kansas City, but I don't like it at the current number because I think what we're going to see is, and they, the experts have been saying it on the Sportsline show all week on CBS Sports HQ, this number is going to drop. Uh, before kickoff. This could even close at around the pick them, maybe Chiefs minus one, something like that. So we are going to see a lot of money come in on the Seahawks and push this line closer to a pick. And then, and only then, will I assign four points to the Chiefs because I think they're going to win the game outright. I don't know if they're going to dominate, but I do expect them to win. So, yeah. Why would I like the Chiefs? Because they get 10 days of rest and the Seahawks just played in overtime. And Kansas City's better. So give me the Chiefs. Yeah, um, I, I like Seattle, you know, I'm not going to go too heavy in this. I think the line should be KC minus one or around pick them, you know, based on my power ratings. So if, if this, if it, if they're wrong and it goes up to three, I would love to get Seattle plus three, but I don't think that's going to happen. Like you're saying, I think it's a bad matchup for Kansas City. They have the 32nd ranked rush defense and that's exactly what Seattle tries to do. So I don't know if Kansas City's going to have the ball much to put up a ton of points. Give me the points. Yeah, I, I like Seattle. You never, ever, ever go against Russell Wilson. Ever. <laughs> Are you, are you, are you, are you, I can't tell if you're joking or not. What are you? No, I'm serious. You don't tell, I'm taking Seattle in that spot. I like the Seahawks. You're, okay. That was. They'll run the ball. They're going to run the ball and control the clock and keep Mahomes off the field. Pete, if you've been kidnapped by a Seahawks fan and just say some kind of code word or something like that, like if somebody's got. Yeah, say bevel. If somebody, if somebody, if somebody's, say pass at the goal line if somebody's got a gun to your head right now. Legion of boom. Legion <laughs> of boom. Let me out. All right, Pete, we'll go to you next for the New York football giants plus nine and a half. At I, the I, this Devils line Coles. is out of whack for me. I, I just don't get it. Look, the giants were terrible last week. I get it. And they loaded up to stop the run, but the Colts are coming off their big win. They feel good about themselves and they're playing better defense. Luck didn't do a lot last week, but I think the giants are going to come in here with Barkley. He's going to run the football. Uh, he's going to get a couple big runs on the fast track. He's going to keep him in the game. They're not going to win the game, but you're giving me nine and a half with big blue. Give me blue. Oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't that precious? Pete thinks the New York football giants are going to get up for a football game this Sunday against Andrew Luck and the Colts. Here's the problem. You're wrong, Pete, because the Giants stink and they packed away the season. And you saw it in that embarrassing, disgraceful shutout loss to the Tennessee Titans this past Sunday. Andrew Luck is going to rain hellfire and brimstone down on that pathetic defense. Colts are going to win this game by 17 points. It's one of my one of my better plays of the week. Indy annihilates Eli Manning and the New York football. Giants. Put it in the contest, you loser. I might. 
Indy's got a pretty good defense. You know, they're playing really well. Number four in rush DVOA, number six in yards per carry, number eight in adjusted line yards. All those stats say Saquon might have a dud here. And if it's up to Eli, he, I don't know if he's going to win the game by himself, but this just seems like too many points for me. When you have a team that just shut somebody out playing against a team that just got shut out, the market's going to overinflate to that team, uh, versus what those true values of those teams are. So I do think there's a little bit of value on the Giants. I wouldn't play it. Um, but plus nine and a half, it's just a little too much for me. You know what my angle on this one is? I love this angle because Pete's going to hate this angle. This is a this is a family. It's Christmas time, baby. This is a family revenge game. You know who took Peyton Manning and kicked him to the curb when he was hurt and banged up and and you know needed neck surgeries and got Andrew Luck instead? The Indianapolis Colts and Eli Manning's coming back and he's got two weeks left before his next season with the Giants. Congratulations on that, by the way. No, Nick. don't say it. no. It's yeah. not happening. He's only got two weeks left in his third to last season with the New York Football Giants. It's pathetic. This week, he's going to go get revenge for Peyton. And next week, he's going to go knock the Dallas Cowboys out of the playoffs. Eli knows what's at stake. And he's going into Indy, and he's keeping this one within seven points. That is my hard-hitting analysis. RJ, you like the Houston Texans catching two and a half on the road at the fight in Nick Foles. Explain why. Yeah, this line was about to be Houston minus three, Houston minus three and a half when Philly was – uh, you know, a bad team going into LA. They ha- win that game and then they scored a bit up, big upset. It was Foles' first game. Um, and the line switched six points. I, so again, I think we're getting a lot of line value here over what the actual value of these teams is. Uh, the Philly, Philly D benefited from Goff's turnovers. You know, he had a terrible game. He's, he's been on a bad streak these last three games, but Houston has zero turnovers in seven of their last eight. So if they continue to practice good ball security, Philly's not going to get those short fields in this game. Uh, the offense isn't going to get anything from their rush offense against an elite Houston rush defense. And they don't really try. Um, so can Foles win this game on his own against a team that's going to be maybe a top two seed on the other side? I'm not sure that he can. Um, I know that he could have success with uh, Houston being 31st in DVOA against number one receiver. So maybe the Foles to Jeffrey combination has a little bit of success. I don't know how else they have success outside of that. So it's a huge game for Philly. So, so if you do like Philly, you're thinking, oh, it's a big spot. They still could get to the playoffs, this, that, and the other. But it's also a huge game from Houston. they got to lock up this number two seed that, that New England has gifted them. So the only way they do that is winning these last two games, and that starts against Philly. So I think Houston goes into Philly and wins. See, I think the biggest mismatch in this game will be the Eagles' off defensive line against that Texans' offensive line. The Texans are 32nd in the league in sacks allowed per pass play. They are going to get dominated up front. That line is awful. Watson can compensate for it only so much. I think there's going to be turnovers. He's going to pop the ball. They're going to pop the ball out of his hand a couple times, and they will get short fields and turn them into points. Love the Eagles in this spot. I love what RJ had to say um, when he was handicapping this game, and I think he's 100% right. It's almost like this line is is assuming that this Eagles team is like the Eagles team that won the Super Bowl last year with Nick Foles, and I just don't think it's the case. And Deshaun Watson, um, even if Deshaun Watson has a bad game by his standards, it will, would not be as bad as what we saw from Jared Goff on Sunday night. He was abysmal, atrocious, whatever adjective you want to throw out there, missed a ton of easy passes, including like five or six for touchdowns, not that I'm bitter. Started Goff in a couple fantasy leagues and lost all of them. Thanks. Thanks, Jared. Um, Texans are the better team. Texans go into Philadelphia and win the game. And, um, yeah, RJ, RJ kind of hit it out of the park with his analysis. I agree with all of his points. I will also agree with all of his points, mostly to speed this thing along while I furiously Google to find out if Blake Barnett is playing for the USF Bulls on Thursday night, which was last night, to try and bet on a bowl game. That's a degenerate doing degenerate things. Instead, I will throw it back to Nick. I, li- I like Houston. I think everybody's on the on the Eagles here. Uh, instead, I'm on the Eagles. 
But yes, I mean, I, I understand that you personally are on the Eagles, but I was saying that I think that most people watch the Sunday night game. They're going to look at that and be like, Oh man, we got to back the Eagles. They're making a Super Bowl run. 54% of the money per the action network, or 54% of the bets, 67% of the money on the, uh, the Eagles. And it's moving towards the Eagles. So maybe, maybe there's something there. Maybe you're a genius, Pete. Maybe not. We will find out. Nick, what about the Ravens? Baltimore plus four and a half at the Chargers. You're daring to question Philip Rivers greatness. Why? Um, I am not questioning Philip Rivers greatness and is the, the, the foremost Philip Rivers critic on this podcast. I can do nothing but eat my words and eat some crow because Philip Rivers was magnificent in that upset win over the, uh, over the Chiefs at Arrowhead last Thursday. I bend the knee to Philip Rivers and I have to be honest with you guys. This is the first time I've said it to you guys. Um, I've said it to a couple other people, but not to you guys. I might root for the Chargers to win the Super Bowl because I kind of want to see Rivers get one and solidify himself in the Hall of Fame. Wow. I believe I'm saying that, but it's hard to root against this Chargers team, right, unless you bet on them. And I will be betting on them this Saturday night. No home field advantage in the Stop Up Center. Chargers in their last seven games at home, and I use home in in quotations, two and five against the number. And I think the Ravens are going to take the air out of the football, and they're going to run the ball down their throats. And, you know, in theory, like – Bosa and Ingram against a statuesque quarterback like Joe Flacco would have a lot of success. Lamar Jackson's going to run around these guys. And that's not to minimize Bosa and Ingram. It's just Lamar Jackson's awesome at that. Still has to improve as a passer, obviously, but I think he can move the chains enough here to keep this game close. I think the Chargers are going to play tight. I think both teams are going to play not to lose with a lot on the line here. So I think it's a field goal game either way, and I will take the Ravens with the utmost confidence. Quote Nick Costos, nevermore. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Baltimore's rush offense has been great, but the Chargers have given up 65 rush yards or less than three of their last four. They could force Baltimore to pass because Baltimore's great rushing performances have been against awful rush defenses. You're looking at Cincy, Oakland, Atlanta, KC, Tampa Bay. That's five of the seven worst rush defenses in the league per DVOA. So if the Chargers force them to pass the ball a little bit, can Lamar win the game with his arm? He hasn't shown that. He's, his pass has been all over the place. So I think Chargers can force Baltimore to their comfort zone on offense and win easily. It's actually a schedule advantage for the Chargers after playing on Thursday night. You know, this game's on a Saturday. They're, ra- they're going to get three extra days to prepare while the, the Ravens um, obviously aren't. They played on Sunday. Um, so that Baltimore has a great defense. I think it's a tough travel spot for them going cross-country on a Saturday night game during the holidays. Uh, so I, I don't know about the, this. I think I'm probably going to put the Chargers in the contest because I just love the spot for them. I agree 100%. I like the Chargers a lot in this spot. The only concern I have, and that just from watching them a little bit, is they're not big up front, RJ. And, and you know the Ravens are going to want to power them. If they power them and control the football, I think it makes it a lower-scoring game, and that kind of plays into the hands of the Ravens. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Gus Bradley will have a good plan for them. And I think uh, – I, I do believe that Rivers – Nick's Philip Rivers will have a big day. I like the Chargers. Yeah, to me, this is pretty simple. RJ and I were talking about this earlier this week. Just looking like I asked RJ to do the math on what are the odds that the Ravens would have five consecutive games against five of the seven worst rush defenses in the league when they unleash the Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards attack. And basically, to put this short without doing like the, the actual math on a podcast, RJ says it's like 1 in 10,000, which seems very high to me, but 
the point is that the Ravens have been extremely lucky with their scheduling. The Chargers are rested. Joey Bosa's back playing at full strength. He and Melvin Ingram are good run defenders in terms of being guys who can get pressure off the edge. I think they can, you know, they can put somebody in there to spy against Lamar Jackson. I, I think Lamar Jackson will make plays, but this feels to me like a game the Chargers can get up 17 nothing, and then Lamar has to throw all the time, and then you got a pick six going the other way with the Chargers defense. I like the Chargers here, I will be putting them in the contest, which is why you won't be rooting for me to go 0-5, Pete, since you probably will as well. Uh, all right. I think a lot of people will. I think a lot of people too. It's going to be a popular pick. Yeah, Saturday night. It'll be fun. I'll be at the in-laws. Probably dressed up uh, Santa Claus. Oh, no, I'll be dressed up in a red uh, Argyle Christmas sweater eating glazed pecans. What do you think about that, Pete? Uh, it doesn't surprise me. So, so Will won't be working Saturday night when there's uh, when there are two games. Is that basically what we've got here? I worked last Saturday. It's fine. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will do segment two: agree to disagree. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, agree to disagree. This is where we have uh, we got six games in here. There's a strong disagreement. That means somebody put a number two next to the team at least. Here is my first one: Washington, the Washington Redskins plus nine and a half at Tennessee. Uh, this is basically uh, me believing that Josh Johnson is an elite quarterback who could dominate defense. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's none of that. It is the Washington Redskins are playing good defense. They're going on the road for back-to-back road games, but they're playing against a team that is not good offensively and that has no interest in being good offensively. The Titans are looking to win rock fights, and I think that at the end of the day, this game is going to be inside double digits, and I would rather take the 10 points in a game, Pete, where the over-under is 37, an easy pick of Washington for me. Yeah, look, I I just don't think the Redskins are very good, A, but I don't think the Titans are that good. I don't love this game either way, but I'm not taking Josh Johnson in back-to-back road games against anybody. I'll take the Titans. I think Henry will run the ball here, uh, control the clock. I don't love it, but I'll take the Titans. Uh, I'm going to take the Redskins also with Will, um, and I think Will kind of kind of nailed it here. Um, it's less of a play um, on Josh Johnson and the Redskins and more of a play against the Titans as a double-digit favorite here. I think Washington's defense will do enough to keep this game relatively close. I don't like this game either way. Like, I'm not going to bet it. It's not going to be a contest play for me, but you're going to give me that many points. I'll, I'll take them with the Redskins. The line seems like a lot, but Tennessee's offense has been playing well. Four of their last five wins have been by 14 points or more. So if they do get a win, they can blow out teams. Um, but because that pass game can have issues, I'm probably just a stay away. I leaned at Tennessee with a one-pointer. Um, I, it's funny. We talk about Josh Johnson being awful on the road, but is he the 32nd best quarterback in the league as far as starters go? I, I don't know that I'd rank him that low. He's actually played pretty solid. You know, you put Cody Kessler. He's, in he's definitely better than Cody Kessler and Jeff Driscoll, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
So Jeff, may, Jeff maybe Driscoll, they have a shot man. at covering. Oh my god, dude! He, yesterday on yesterday's podcast, Heath, like I came in hot from the kids' museum, so I hadn't wasn't really thinking. And Heath did the first names of the Bengals receivers, and I couldn't I couldn't name them. Can you name Pete? You Pete, you know depth charts in and out. Can you name the four? Top wide receivers on the Bengals depth chart. If you, if can John, I, can I try this? Yeah, you can do it, Nick. If John, John Ross, Ross. Well, no, we did it. If John Ross doesn't play because he's questionable too. Alex you love Erickson. John. You love John Ross, big boss. Alex Erickson. Yep. Cody Core. Yep. That's all I got. What about Auden Tate? Yep. Three or four. The LaFell's on the Raiders. I have no idea. RJ, you got any idea who the fourth one is? is um. Well, Josh is Malone it? heard, isn't it? No, Josh, Josh Malone, yeah, nice job, guys. That's really I impressive. like Josh Malone coming out. I was going to throw out one of the names that Brinson calls Jeffrey Wilson every week. You know, <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey White, Josh Wilson. <laughs> uh, anyway, RJ, you were saying you like the Titans' offense, or, or don't? Or yeah, like no, Josh that's Johnson. all I got. I'm just stay away. That's too high of a line, but I can't back Washington coming off a win. That's probably the last one of the year. Uh, Pete, tell me why you like the Atlanta Falcons minus three and a half at the Carolina Panthers. Taylor Heineke, is that all I need to say? Have you seen his mugshot from uh, Scott Van Pelt tweeted about this? I've never seen it. Have you seen his mugshot from NCAA 2013? It's incredible. He looks like a homeless guy on meth. It's unbelievable. I'm no, sorry. I haven't I'm... seen that. But uh, look, he's he's serviceable. Nothing more. The Falcons will score points. I think the Panthers played their Super Bowl on Monday against the Saints. I think that defense has had all kinds of problems other than on Monday, and they'll have more problems here. I think Ryan and that passing game will crank it up. I like the Falcons. They had a lot of problems because they played a lot of games on the road, but they're still a solid team when they play at home. Uh, the market swung six and a half points toward the Falcons because Heineke's taken over for uh, Cam Newton that clearly wasn't healthy and we knew wasn't healthy. I think that's way too much. I think the market's saying Carolina with Heineke's about where Arizona is because you put both games on a neutral, Atlanta would be six to seven points better than both according to these lines. I disagree with that. Atlanta's D is still 30th versus the run. Carolina has the number two rush offense. McCaffrey's going to get a ton of yards in this game. It's going to help Heineke not have to throw too much. So if you, if you let him throw 20 passes instead of forcing him to throw 40, passes they have a lot better chance of winning a game i'm not going to give atlanta too much credit for blowing out the worst team in the league they're still one and five on the road and close out with two road games so this could be a flat spot for them carolina still has an outside shot at the playoffs i expect them to be motivated even with heineke under center um try to get out with a good win at home and so three and a half i think for the contest what we're getting is a great play for carolina i like carolina too in the spot not because i don't love it it's a one uh but the problem for me is that atlanta's terrible and they're not good. You got Thomas Davis maybe playing his last home game ever for the Carolina Panthers. I think he'll be inspired. Ryan Khalil as well. A lot of guys are going to be out there trying to win one for the, uh, for Ron Rivera because they know if they go out and play well down the stretch, they could potentially save his job. Again, I think you're going to see a lot of passes. Cam Newton couldn't throw the ball more than 10 yards anyway. Is Taylor, is Taylor Heineke, Nick, really worse than Cam Newton? Ask the question again. Is, is Taylor Heineke really worse than Cam Newton against the Saints? Answer your own question. I, mean, I just don't know. I mean, I've never seen him play, but I don't think that Cam Newton's any good. He could. He can have his arms behind his back, and he'd be better than Heineke. He couldn't throw. I, them- I, I, I tend to agree with Pete there. Um, I'll take the Falcons here. This is a, a low confidence pick. I will not bet on this game. I will not take it in the Super Contest. Uh, it's more of a pick against the Panthers than it is a pick on the Falcons. I do think that you guys made some good points talking about Christian McCaffrey and the Falcons. Obviously, hemorrhage yards and hemorrhage fantasy points to opposing running backs, especially through the passing game. So it stands to reason that Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton, or no Cam Newton, should be able to go off and have a good game. But Falcons offense, I feel like getting into gear a little bit here. Like what I saw from Tevin Coleman last week. He's entering a contract. Uh, so 
situation coming up here, so he knows he's got to show up and show up last couple weeks of the season. It's a We're picking every game, so I'll take the Falcons, but again, this is not a game that I would bet with my money or yours. Where Julio sits. And it sounds like I saw um, D. Orlando Ledbetter tweet. It was very bizarre how he tweeted, but he was like, y'all need to sit at that guy in fantasy. Worth noting. Yeah, so like not not going to name names. I'm not going to name names. Get, get somebody out of your fantasy lineup. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I, I mean, in other words, I think like if you can, that's going to make Calvin Ridley a great DFS play. Obviously, he's not going to be out there uh, in the free agency market. Another podcast. Let's move along. <laughs> Pete, people care about this, but I would go pick up Mohamed Sanu. I think he could see a target bump as well. Uh, one one more point before we move on. That you certainly don't have to worry about fantasy after I kicked your ass last week. Pete. Ooh, that has to relate to gambling. Seven and fifteen against the spread is this trend, and it's road favorites in week sixteen over the last four years. This is a time when road teams don't like going on the road. Now we get to fade a bad team going on the road in Atlanta. So there are some good teams here. I'm not going to just you know take the points against every road favorite this week. The good teams, I'm, I'm thinking a little bit more, but against a bad team on the road, just take the points. Uh, Nick, tell me why you are backing Matthew Stafford, who's been terrible. Matt Patricia, whose team has been terrible, and the Detroit Lions at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Because it doesn't make any sense, and the NFL doesn't make any sense. That's the honest reason why I have no real football reasons to give you, especially with Deshaun Hand going on injured reserve. In theory, it's a spot where the Vikings should be able to run the ball down their throats, but the line is only five. Vikings coming off a huge demolition of the Miami Dolphins, and everyone thinks everything's all right with Minnesota. Detroit has been awful, obviously just losing on the road um, in Buffalo to R.J. White's Bills. Um, so I think this is a spot where, for no other reason other than it makes no sense whatsoever, I will take the points with the Lions, and I'll probably take the Lions in the Super Contest to cover that five and a half at home. Wow. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to disagree with you here, Nick. I'm just going to try to make that sound like office space. It didn't come off very well. Uh, I Look, here's the thing. I think what the Minnesota Vikings found with the firing of John DeFilippo, if you look at their play action rate, Kirk Cousins has historically been a very good play action quarterback. They were operating under 20% on play action. Last week it spiked above 30% because they ran and ran and ran and ran with Dalvin Cook, who looks fantastic. Now they can operate those play-action plays with Kirk Cousins. Kevin Stefanski is calling good plays. He knows that this is an audition for next year, not to mention a playoff run. And I think this is a good spot for him. Sorry, I hit my phone. No, that's fine. Why do you have recordings? Why do you have recordings of yourself on your phone? I was listening to myself on the wrestling podcast and and opened it up accidentally. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, by the way, probably, probably. For the sake of full disclosure, for like the third or fourth time. Oh my god, <laughs> Pete! Do I think you have a room in your house that has nothing but big fat heads of yourself? <laughs> not, not inaccurate. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, I like the Vikings. I think they're going to run. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook's going to have a massive game. I'm having a heart attack laughing about that. <laughs> Dalvin Cook's going to have a massive game. And uh I just think the Vikings are going to steamroll a Lions team that doesn't care. Matthew Stafford, by the way, last five games has like a 1,000 yards. He's averaging 200 passing yards a game, 6.3 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, or like six touchdowns and six interceptions. He's been terrible, Pete. I like the Lions here because I think this is one of those games I'm with Nick. It looks too funky. And running the ball, they want to run the ball. I don't think they're going to run the ball that well this week. I, I think they're going to have problems running it. And Kirk Cousins morphs into Kirk Cousins when he can't use the play action. He's average as average can be. Uh, give me the Lions. Close I game. Don't, 
I don't think Detroit's going to pass the ball. Minnesota's defense has allowed just 97 pass yards in the last two games combined. That's not each. That, that's not average. That's combined. So if they're playing well and Detroit is throwing out Kenny Galladay, who's dealing with a chest injury, so who knows how, how his status is going to be in, in a game that they don't need. I mean, I don't know what that Detroit offense is going to do at all against a good defense. So even if Minnesota doesn't have as much success running the ball this week, they could still win like 14-3. to So I'm leaning toward Minnesota, but that's about it. All right, moving along, we have the yeah, – I lost my place in my rundown, sorry. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you have the uh, – you have you put a three – I mean – Are we sure that Brinson's not at the museum right now? Like, you're not paying attention during your own podcast, buddy? I, look, I mean, you're listening to your, yourself you're on not, another podcast. You're the host of the podcast. You threw me you off. off track. You got me off track. I was like, I was like, why is, why is Nick yeah, screaming play, play at me? Because you guys are morons. Um, you know who else is morons? <laughs> Where are the morons? You play in your own voice. Yeah, because I'm, because I'm awesome. And then I like to hear myself because it's better than listening to you. Um, I'm going to take the Patriots in this spot here. I'm laying New England. Um, because I think that, remember, people remember what they saw last. They remember the Patriots lost to the Steelers, and they've lost two straight games now. And the Bills have looked pretty decent. And, RJ, I, I hope that you're starting to like your guy, Josh Allen, now, because I think he's been pretty good and can yeah. be exciting. Um, of course, RJ, the, the, the eternal pessimist. Um, I kind of <laughs> like Josh Allen, though. But this week, um, this kind of reminds me of that Patriots-Broncos playoff game after Tebow and the Broncos beat the Steelers, went into Foxborough. Patriots beat them 45-13. Belichick just did not let Tim Tebow do his thing running around making plays. I think we'll see something similar this week. Bills are not going to score a lot. Patriots will blow them out from, uh, from, from pillar to post here. I love the Patriots in the first quarter, Patriots first half, Patriots for the game. Patriots win this game by at least 17 points. Patriots just aren't a good team anymore. I mean, they're much better at home, six and zero straight up, obviously. But this is a lot to lay. For, so if this is seven, you know, I'm staying away. Thirteen, I mean, give me Buffalo at that point. They haven't been blown out since week nine. The D is top ten versus the pass and the rush. Offense still isn't great, but Allen's at least getting them to fourteen plus points in their last four. I mean, that's better than the six and the five and the eight they were scoring back when he was out. Uh, New England's D is thirty first in yards per carry. Gave up one hundred seventy three point five yards per game on ground over the last two. So Buffalo can have success. They're going to get shady back. It looks like they're good. Ivory looks like he's going to be healthy so you're not running out Keith Ford out there for 16 20 carries whatever it would have been so it feels like New England wins this game doesn't cover we get something like 26 17 even if the New England offense gets back on track so that's too many points for me I'm taking the points look I love you guys know I love Josh Allen but this is going to be one of those games like Nick mentioned where Belichick throws everything and anything at him and he's going to make mistakes. He's going to get confused. He's still a rookie quarterback without any weapons, and that's a problem. Uh, look, I get it, RJ. I think the Buffalo defense has been phenomenal this year, but I, I think this is going to be Brady uh, playing his best, and I think even without Josh Gordon, who hasn't done much, he, and then uh, I think it's going to be Belichick at his best. Give me the Patriots minus the big number. Uh, it's, it's too many points. they got a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I get that nobody believes in the Patriots anymore. Some crap like that is out there, but please, I, I'll, I'll take the Bills plus the 13 and a half, but I'm, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a low number for me, uh, too, on Buffalo. Not, not exactly enthused about it. RJ, you like the Saints minus six against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, this is a come down spot for the Steelers after finally beating New England, getting that monkey off their back. It's a tough matchup for their offense, and I think they're going to, you know, exhale a little bit in this game and that could be in trouble because New Orleans offense isn't playing well I'm sure Pete's going to talk about how bad they're playing when he takes the Steelers here but the defense for New Orleans is phenomenal last six games giving up 14 7 17 
13, 14, and 9 points. Four of those six games have been on the road where it's a lot harder to play, obviously, when you're a defense. The offense has been struggling lately, but like I said, last three have been on the road, so I think they might get the ground back under their feet in this game. They have incentive to win and lock up the number one seed. If they win this game, they can rest everybody in Week 17. Week 17 doesn't matter at all. So you get to tell your players, try hard this week. You get two weeks off. You know, it's pretty pretty good incentive for the players. If Baltimore loses on Saturday, like I think a lot of us think that they are going to lose, you know, Costos accepted. Pittsburgh can win their division by beating Cincinnati in Week 17. So I don't know that they're going to go in and just give up this game, but it does give you a little bit more of, you know, you can take a breath and, and you don't have to, to think that we absolutely need this game to stay in the playoff hunt because you can just win in Week 17 against a terrible Cincy team. So everything's kind of pointing to me to New Orleans. I think if you want to get a little bit smarter with your bets, you can do a little correlated money line parlay, take both New Orleans and the Chargers, because if the Chargers beat Baltimore, Pittsburgh obviously doesn't have to try as hard, like I said. So you're getting, I think you get that down to about even odds if you do that. And you're taking two favorites together in a spot where it should matter. So that's why I like New Orleans. I'm taking the Steelers. I think the defense has improved. Look, I know the Saints defense has played better, um, but, but those receivers on that fast track for, for Pittsburgh are going to run wild, I think. And, and I think this is one of those spots. Remember, if you can cover those guys, and I think that the improved coverage of, with Hayden back there has been much better for the Steelers, the Saints don't run. They don't scare anybody. And so I think they're going to be able to squat on a lot of stuff. And, and I think the Steelers are going to hang around in this game. I don't know if they'll win it, but it's going to be tight. I'll take the points. I don't think it's going to be tight. I think the Saints are going to blow their doors off. Um, and I, and I like it here. You know, it's one thing to, to beat a Patriots team that's been struggling at home and barely beat them. It's quite another thing entirely to go on the road to the Superdome and, and play the, uh, and play the New Orleans Saints in their home stadium where, where they are one win away from clinching home field, um, home field a- a- advantage. And, and you look at the line for this game and I feel like most people will look at that and they're going to say too many points. Pittsburgh just beat New England. Not only are the Steelers going to cover, but they're going to win the game outright. And then everyone's going to be really shocked when the Saints win by double digits. So I love the New Orleans Saints in this spot to blow the doors off of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I got Pittsburgh. You got to think the Saints, the Saints are the Super Bowl favorites, obviously, at this point. So how many times are you laying less than a touchdown with the Super Bowl favorites in week 16? I mean, it doesn't happen that often, especially when they're at home. I mean, well, how so. many times have we seen a Super Bowl favorite uh, score almost nothing in three straight games? Uh, 14 out of 30s. I don't know. I'm just making up numbers. 14 out of 400. That's right. I'm going to skip. The, I'm not even going to talk about my pick because I, I don't even like it. I'm worried about the Saints. You guys had me scared. I might switch to the Saints. Ignore my Pittsburgh pick, but you can count it. Dallas minus seven and a half RJ against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, this isn't good line value for the contest because I think it's it's down to seven, you know, right away. I think that there was a 30-second period where Dallas was favored by seven and a half, and that's when the Westgates threw out their number. So I, I wasn't a fan of them giving us this number. Uh, Tampa's just an awful road team. They're playing back-to-back road games. It's a flat spot for them. 220 pass yards or less than three straight, and they have a mediocre run game as well. That offense seems like it was playing well for a few weeks, but it actually isn't playing that well. I think Dallas is going to be up for this game after an embarrassing shutout. NFC East race is tightening. They know they need this, so they're going to be at their best. You're going to get max effort out of them. Tampa D's allowed 164.2 rush yards over their last five. It's going to be a huge game for Zeke. Tampa Bay's defense ranks 29th in DVOA against number one receivers. That's a huge game for Amari Cooper. Tampa's offense isn't going to rally in a season on the road against a great defense like Dallas, so Dallas wins running away with this one for me 
I think it's too many points. Dallas is not a good football team. They're a fraud. They, they can beat up on bad football teams. I'm back to calling Dallas a fraud after I spent all last week apologizing uh, for, for Dallas winning a bunch of games, and then they got exposed. And I think that exposure is going to cause them to uh, allow Jameis Winston to keep this within the number. Jameis is a backdoor king. He is not afraid to ruin a game uh, for a better of a favorite by storming in late with a touchdown. And despite Tampa Bay's struggles, despite the fact uh, that I believe that, you know, that they – you know, haven't played very well. They're two back-to-back road games. They, you know, they're playing some good defenses here. I think they can still put up some points on a fairly fast track and keep it within seven and a half. Um, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys here. Um, and RJ hit the nail on the head when he's talking about Tampa Bay's terrible run defense. This is going to be a huge game for Zeke. I think Dallas will control the clock. Jameis is going to turn it over a bunch. Dallas wins by 10. Um, I like the Cowboys quite a bit. I agree. I like the Cowboys as well. Coming off the, the shutout, they're going to be much more motivated here. They will run the ball. Uh, and get back to what they do with some play-action passes. So I'll give me the Cowboys. I'm not taking the Bucks. All right, Pete. This is where we start using your voice on these segments. Segment number whatever, three. Whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> That's a, whatever, whatever. I do what I want. And by the way, Nick, I don't know if you can whip this up in the next ten minutes or so, but um, the final segment is the exotics pick. And so, if you have a if you have a teaser, money line parlay, any sort of thing that you have floating around in that crazy ass brain of yours, uh, feel free to throw that out in the final segment. Anyway, moving on to the whatevers. These are uh, mild disagreements. I will take the New York Jets plus two and a half against the Green Bay Packers. My logic here is that the Packers are terrible. Aaron Rodgers is hurt, and if they get any pressure on the Jets do, I think, Pete, that you're going to see the Packers yank Aaron Rodgers out of there, pull the plug on this whole sham of a season, and get him out into 2019 healthy. If they if he tears his ACL against the Jets in Week 16 after they've been eliminated from the playoffs, that entire franchise should be shot to the moon, and How everyone should be fired. Like he's gonna tear his ACL. Like he's got a, he's got a hurt knee and a hurt groin. What is he doing on the field in week sixteen? Sit him play. out. He'll be enough to play. Plays. It's insane. What if he gets hurt? What if he breaks his leg? You get hurt in week five. <laughs> you get hurt crossing the street. I mean, like, he's, I they're eliminated from the playoffs. They need him in 2019 if they want to be any good at all. Playing him this week and next week is insane. I get the, the leadership and the reps and all of that. You're going to have a new coach, a new system, new new young receivers in there. You have to make sure he's healthy for the offseason. This you is crazy. This is? Sound the alarms. Roar! The Twitter police have just arrived. There he is. It's, I'm asking you why you're taking the Packers, by the way. Me? Yeah. I don't love the Packers, but I'm not taking the Jets. I think the Jets stink. We saw Buffalo went in there a couple weeks, about a month ago, and destroyed them. I think the Packers go in there and, and beat them. I don't love this game. That's why I got a one on it, but I, I'd play the Packers. I'm not taking the Jets. Two bad teams take the points. Give me gang green at home. It's not that many points, though. And I think Rodgers looks like he's going to play, and they're going to go all out for a road win if he does play. They're 0-6-1 on the road this year. You don't want to go into the offseason with the goose egg. So I do think, I think if New York is going to show up for any game, it's going to be at New England on Week 17, not against this game, against, against a team they never have to face, you know, once every four years. So I like Green Bay at minus two and a half. If it was three, I'd probably just stay away. Pete, you've got the LA Rams. You're the only one with the two on this game. LA Rams minus 14 at Arizona. Uh, give me a reason why. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's going to have five sacks, two forced fumbles, one will return for a touchdown. That offensive line is a JV line. It's one of the worst units I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's saying something because the Bills and the Texans are both atrocious. This thing makes them look like uh, the old Cowboys line with those with the Nate Newtons and Stepnowski in that group and Eric Williams. They're terrible. They will destroy them. I hate laying 14, but I would take the Rams if I had to. 
Arizona has the worst offense in the league, so I can certainly understand why why Rams are laying 14. Um, but the Rams are struggling, too. Goff with one touchdown, seven interceptions in his last three games. Gurley's hurt, too. I mean, I don't know how you're laying this many points on the road in a divisional game when you have a bad performance from your quarterback and a, and a hurt superstar running back. So I think there's a chance that Arizona turns this into an ugly 17-13 game. I think there's also a chance that it's 48-7, so stay away. Uh, I, I kind of agree with RJ. I will begrudgingly take the take the Rams because the Cardinals are really bad, but this is not a game that I'm that I'm looking to bet with my own money. I've had the Cardinals in a money line parlay situation the last two weeks, and they have screwed me. They stink. They're the worst team in in football right now. Um, I don't. You know, they they don't care. They lay down every week. Josh Rosen has no protection. The, you know, he can barely get the ball out. He's throwing pick sixes every week. They're talking about benching him for Mike Glennon, but they don't want to have the quitters attitude. Steve Wilkes is getting fired. He knows it. Everybody knows it. Um, this is a team that's going to get. You know, this is not a win one for them. They just can't win. They're not good. They're going to get blasted. But it's too many points for a road favorite. Uh, Cleveland, however, not too many points. Minus eight and a half. Pretty pure and simple play here for me, Mr. Costos. This is revenge angle. Deuce, point, deuce. Hugh Jackson screwed the Browns. Baker Bayfield hates Hugh Jackson. He's going to blast the, the Bengals because of that. What do you think about my angle there? Uh, this is, by the way, I believe the first, the, the, the biggest favorite the Browns have been in like 11 years, I oh, believe, yeah. since, two, since 2007. Um, and it's kind of warranted because they've been playing well, and I feel like they're going to be a good team next year, and Jeff Driscoll obviously stinks. But I just think it's too many points for a Browns team that hasn't really proven itself just yet. So, again, I, I'm kind of like dipping my toe into the water here. This is not something that I feel great about, but I just think it's too many points here. And the Bengals, you want to talk about revenge? The, the Browns ran it up on the Bengals last time they played and and kind of really embarrassed them and embarrassed you. And I'm not saying the Bengals are going to win one for the Gipper here for Hugh Jackson. I don't know if they care that much. But I do think that they took it personally that the Browns kind of laughed in their faces and kind of rubbed their faces in it. Too many points for a divisional game. Browns haven't proven to me that they can blow teams out yet. So I will take the Bengals here to cover. Yeah, the only problem with that is that all the people that would take offense to that and do something about it are hurt. You know, you got Mixon's missing <laughs> practice. You know, Green is out. You know, all, Boyd is now out. I mean, I don't know who's going to make plays for this, this uh, Cincinnati offense. And on the other side, Cleveland's offense is number four in the league per DVOA since the coaching change. So they're playing really well on offense. This is the last Cleveland home game. I think they're going to throw the kitchen sink out there for a win and, and you know, send them off, send the Cleveland fans off with a win for this season and set themselves up for a strong 2019. So I think they're going to go out for this one and you are going to get another blowout here uh, look the revenge factor has non-existent Brinson can play that lineup all he wants it's garbage so, so what he's not motivating when he plays in all the other games it existed they I told you it existed before the game they said it then their actions on the field made it very obvious and very clear that they were motivated we're motivated doesn't play as hard in the other games. Is that what you're saying? That's basically what you're saying. I'm saying they're they're finding something to motivate. They're so stupid. Everybody finds something to motivate. Themselves. They don't care about who's on the other sideline. They, Whatever you go play. Demarius Randall handed the ball it's in the middle of the game. Play and and I don't love this game, but the 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 Browns are playing good football on both sides of the ball. I'll I'll lay the points, but I don't love it. I saw something out there. I don't know what DVOA is. It's it's uh so you it's you take defensive adjusted stats so you're basically looking at it doesn't matter who you play it doesn't matter what the situation is you're just normalizing a team and seeing how efficient they are on offense and defense. Great, I feel like that was like the first day of like like calculus class. I'm good. I regret asking the question. <laughs> Forty-seven out of three hundred, and I don't know. I'm just making up numbers again. Pete Oakland plus two and a half at home on Christmas Eve. You and Nick will be grinding your faces off, grinding your tan little faces off, working through the night to bring well, us one CBS. Of us is tan. Nick's, Nick's, <laughs> Nick's tan. 
Uh, I will be grinding. I wear a lot of makeup. I By the way, you can watch Pete and Nick on CBS Sports HQ, our 24-7 yes. live streaming sports network, the two faces of CBS Sports HQ, Nick Costos, Pete Prisco, back and forth, firing jabs, giving you winners. Sportsline, 6 to 7 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. And then, is it, is this bowl season? You gotta be watching sports. Or on Saturdays and Sundays, yeah. So we got all the picks for you. You know, Pete Will was gonna be one of the faces of the network, but he had too many museum appointments booked, so we can never get him on the shows. <laughs> tell me, tell me. And- Let's not forget, he's going to be driving all over North Carolina with his Santa Claus suit on. You think while, while, you, while you and I, and, and what a novel concept, right, Pete? Working on a Monday night football game, the last game in Oakland, and Will Brinson's got the night off. How about no, that? Better yet, he's going to be driving all over. How many relatives do you have in North Carolina? You're going over the entire damn state. I know you, I think, stops? uh, Carry the four, divide by seven. Four. Four <laughs> stops. You act like I like doing it. Anyway, we don't have to regurgitate my holiday crap. <laughs> tell me why he you like. You know, why, you know why he likes it, Pete, right? Yeah, because then he can join the Brunson family barbecue for Christmas Day. And he, doesn't, he doesn't have to work. Is the turkey ready, Don? Okay, son, we're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, hopefully you'll spend your Christmas Eve eating french fries with Mark Davis. Tell me why you like the Raiders. Look. It's an awful game between two awful teams on a holiday. Nobody's going to watch it because they're all going to be having a good time except That's for me and true. Nick. Everyone's going to be watching, and then they're going to watch us on CBS Sports. And after. you know what? And you know what? The Raiders in their final game in Oakland are going to show up and win the game for the home crowd. I love the Oakland Raiders this week. Pride and poise, commitment to excellence, just win, baby. Final game in Oakland. Raiders win. Vance Joseph. His firing becomes expedited. Raiders win the game on the field Ooh. as opposed to on the moon. I got Denver, but I don't really have a good argument for it. I just think they have better players. I don't think Oakland can slow down Philip Lindsay. I think Denver's pass rush is going to – Bradley Chubb's going to have a field day uh, messing up that, that bad Raiders offensive line. Von Miller as well. Denver just has better players, and they maybe try and save Vance Joseph's job. That's all I got. You know who can slow up uh, Philip Lindsay, though, is Vance Joseph if he doesn't use him because he should have used him against Cleveland. The game plan said – you go and run it all over Cleveland, win the game, give your shot at the playoffs. They didn't care. They threw it a ton because they wanted to see, I guess, what they had in the passing game. So so if they're not going to try to win games, I'm not going to take them anyway. I'm taking the Raiders too. All right. Um, next up, RJ, why do you like the – actually, I kind of like the Miami Dolphins too, but why do you like him, RJ? So Jacksonville's offense, like I've been saying, is terrible. They had one TD in their last three games, 20 net passing yards last week. Miami's offense only had 37 net passing yards, so it's not like they're playing well either. But that was in Minnesota in a tough matchup, you know, on the road. Miami at least is solid in the run game. We saw that Balaj came in and he's cranking out 75-yard runs. They're number nine in DVOA, number five in yards per carry. So the numbers back up. They have a good run offense. Power ratings for me say this line should be Miami minus seven. And I have Miami ranked conservatively because I don't think they're a great team. But seven wins is seven wins. You, you know, you got to get them somehow. Jacksonville has no reason to show up on the road. They haven't shown up for two the last two weeks. Miami's still in the playoff fund. They get at Buffalo next those are two winnable games so i think miami shows up and they take they take care of business at home here all right anybody somebody this nick you got jacksonville as a one why um i think the dolphins stink and i think the jaguars defense will come to play and uh two bad teams take the points taking jacksonville i think jacksonville quit about three weeks ago they're done they also have to go down to south beach and they're going to get wasted no they're going to be in fort lauderdale they'll be right down the road over here Ooh, tell them about hotel pete tell them about hotel nope Tell them what hotel. Come on, tell the fans what hotel. Just kidding, there aren't any Jaguars yeah, so fans. Six, 
No, but... Jaguar fan think, see him? Uh, yeah, you can go hang out and watch. There's a uh, lot of, there's a lot, by the way, there's a lot of Jaguar fans who will actually be at this game, just to let you know. Well, that's good for them. Um, I, I, I think, look, I think they're going to go out in South Beach and take Ubers back to, to, to Fort Lauderdale or whatever, and they're going to, you know, anyway, that's. We, we used to call that the Nick Costos in my time in Florida. That's right. They're going to get, uh, oh yeah, you're in New York now. Uh, Pete, our segment number four is for. We only have one game here, and it's the San Francisco 49ers. We all agree on this one. We all like San Francisco, plus four against Chicago, plus four against the Bears. Why, Nick? Why? Uh, it's just too many points, and um, I think Mitch Trubisky's not going to have a good game. I think the Niners are going to keep this one close and be able to cover. Plus, we got some reverse line movement here. Despite the overwhelming amount of tickets coming in on the Bears, the, the line is moving towards San Francisco, which is always a good sign. So, yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about this. Bears win a close game by one or two points. Niners cover the number. I'm with you, Nick, for the exact same reasons. I think Trubisky's going to struggle here. Give me the give me the 49ers. It's definitely a flat spot for Chicago after beating Green Bay. This is going to be a come down spot after getting those exercising those demons, which I think we used in like four or five headlines after that game. So, so I think Chicago's locked in the playoffs. They're not going to show up in this game going going west coast, and San Francisco gets another win at home. All right, let's get to our exotics. Ooh la la. Erotic, erotic NFL plays. Last week I went one and two on my money, my money line underdog parlay. RJ hit his teaser from his teaser column, Baltimore and Minnesota. Nice one there. That was a, an easy one. Uh, and then had Arizona Washington as a money line parlay. One and one there. Arizona not close. Pete two and two on his San Fran, Green Bay, New England, Miami tease. I will start things off with my underdog money line parlay of the week. I will take, I'm going to add a, I'm going to do a four team parlay that's going to pay you a bunch of cash. Or the, you'll lose the money you bet. It's twenty five dollars. It's gonna it's gonna pay off fourteen hundred dollars when it hits. Washington Redskins plus four twenty. It's up. New York Jets plus one thirty five. Seattle Seahawks plus one ten, and the Oakland Raiders plus one twenty five. You parlay those four teams together, put twenty five dollars on it, fourteen hundred cash in your pocket. Christmas presents paid for. Let's go. Who you got, RJ? So teaser of the week's now 11-4 on the season. I may, I had a little bit of difficulty with this because lines started moving around and I'm trying to get through three and, and, and seven on each of these. So, so I had to adjust things a little bit. So I'm taking Dallas minus one and a half against Tampa. They're not losing at home to Tampa. They're, they're going to bounce back after getting shut out. I'm taking Houston up to eight and a half at Philly. They haven't lost by more than seven all year. I don't think Philly is that good despite how, how well Nick Foles played. So I think that game's going to be close either way. Um, then you throw out a money line parlay. I'm giving you one at 1 p.m., one at 4 p.m., and the Sunday night and Monday night game. Take the Carolina money line. Take the San Fran money line. Take Seattle and Oakland money line like Brinson did. That should probably pay around 30 to 1. I like all those teams to win outright. Outright, I think that's a pretty good shot of paying off. Right. Which of the – all right, so it's who, – who are the four again? You got Seattle, Carolina, Oakland? Carolina yeah. Panthers. Okay. And that is against Atlanta because I don't think Heineke is can is that awful. He um, just said it like five seconds ago. San Francisco money line. At in. home against the Bears. We all love San Francisco. All right. Seattle money line, Oakland money line. All right, I like it. Pete, what you got? What's your little, uh, what's your teaser? Okay, I'm going to go with a dog tease. Five teams. <laughs> Ready? All dogs. <laughs> Seattle, the Giants, the Steelers, the Lions, and the Raiders. Okay. Five teams. Nick, what's your exotic Six play points. of the day? 
Uh, I will do a two-team teaser that I think it will almost definitely win. RJ has one of those teams in his teaser. That's the Cowboys. Get the Cowboys down to around minus one, minus one and a half. I think that's a lock. Dallas will win that game. And I'll tease the Saints down to around to pick them or even as a slight home underdog. So I think that's a winning teaser. And then give me a Sunday night, Monday night, money line parlay. The Chiefs to beat the, the Seahawks, but again, wait until closer to kickoff. You'll get, you'll get, you'll get a better price on that with Kansas City and the Oakland Raiders on Monday night. So two team teaser, Cowboys and Saints, money line parlay, primetime Sunday night, Monday night, Chiefs and Raiders. By the Man. way, if you really want to make money, want to make money, Brinson, take my five team teaser and while you're at, while you're at it, make it a five team money line parlay as well. Cause they're all coming in. What a clown. I like it. This is, Everyone just go bet all of this. It's one unit a piece, maybe two units on the teasers if you want to juice up the, the return a little bit. And we're going to get you rich for Christmas. What a great show. Nick Costas back in the saddle, back in the Pick 6 podcast. We get you some gas money for that trek around North Carolina, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> I had to pay 600 bucks to fix my bleeping furnace. I had some wires burn out that, uh, that nearly caused my who house. Are you, who are you, Kevin McAllister? <laughs> It's, it's just called a furnace. Like, it's not an actual, like, furnace. It's just yeah, you know, oh, by the way, um, I was scheduled to work all night on CBS Sports HQ tonight, but I think I'm going to go to the, the Children's Museum, so I'm just going to tell everyone that I'm heading out for the night. I'm going to pull a Brinson. What do you think? Do they make you pay full price, or do you get the discount? <laughs> so it's a kid's joke because you're a small child. Um, top four picks for the week, San Francisco plus four against Chicago. Miami minus four versus Jacksonville. Oakland plus two and a half versus Denver. And Seattle plus two and a half versus KC. I actually like those four teams as the money line parlay as well. Guys, this has been fun. Watch Nick every night on CBS Sports HQ. Watch Pete. Pete is there every second of the day in Florida working his tail off. He never gets off the video thing. He never gets any time to spend with yes, his family. Never gets any breaks at all. He's been, he's been working for 30 years. No one cares True. about him. RJ, of course, the real grinder here. And I'm getting, I gotta go guys. I've got to, uh, I gotta deliver some glazed peanuts. So some, some spiced peanuts to the, uh, oyster. It's oyster time for the Brinson family.